Because um, he's the best player in the league. He <laughs> could be the best player in the league. He could be the worst. Welcome, John, to the World XP Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you back. I know you, we were on, uh, mm-hmm. we talked some months ago about your up and coming as a sports writer, and then we had you on the World XP Soccer Channel. Go check that out. Get your merch here. And now we've got you back for a special edition of the World XP Podcast NBA Preseason Edition. Well, not preseason, preview, season preview. We'll go with that, something like that. Um, If you guys are enjoying the content, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. really helps the channel out. Yes. And without further ado, let's get into it. Sounds good. It's always a pleasure to be on uh, World XP Podcast. Love it. Definitely subscribe. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. All right. So first, we've got Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. Was, at the time of recording was last night, so uh, Friday. I guess the Lakers were getting sort of blown out by the Suns, and they've got into some sort of uh, altercation on the sideline. What do you got for us with that one? So they got into a, um, as you were saying, the Lakers were getting dominated by the defending Western Conference champion Suns, who are no easy opponent to beat. Um, And uh, Anthony Davis was obviously frustrated, and so were several other members of the team, um, given the amount of talent they have, and given that they had just previously lost to the Golden State Warriors on their home court. Um, and so it seemed like they were talking to each other. Anthony Davis didn't seem to appreciate what Howard was saying or critiquing him about, uh, gave Howard a little bit of a push, but there was no real physical altercation as some are led to believe it was a little shove, but, uh, uh, this morning it was said that they're, they're fine with each other. They're good. In your opinion, this is much ado about nothing. People trying to make something of right. of it. I think it's a lot to do with more so the Lakers. I mean, they bring in Russell Westbrook this offseason, who's a big piece, um, a great player, triple doubles day in, day out, um, trying to fit him into the whole formula and fit him in with all these other new pieces like Dwight Howard, who was previously with the Lakers, but then spent a year with the Sixers, comes back trying to fit him in and some of these new pieces after a busy offseason. Mm, growing pains, I guess. Hopefully yes. LeBron has had his fair share of slow starts with new big, big threes, I guess, or kind of big offseason moves. So this I would expect mm-hmm. to be no different. I'm sure probably they might struggle yes. for a couple of weeks, but then you think come like Christmas time, they'll be, they'll be good to go. Uh, they'll definitely be a playoff contender, uh, NBA champion contender. When you have LeBron James and the way Anthony Davis seems to be playing so far, as long as he can stay healthy, they're definitely going to be in that top three of the Western Conference. Nice. And we will get to our playoff predictions and John's mm-hmm. playoff predictions later. But uh, two more sort of newsworthy stories before we get into mm-hmm. the basketball side of things. Uh, we got Kyrie Irving. He still has not uh, got the vaccine. What are you hearing from... Uh, the league or the Nets or Kyrie himself, what sort of the situation? Is he just not going to be able to play? Are they going to make an exception for him? Uh, what's mm-hmm. the situation there? 
Well, it seems like they cannot make an exception. They've been pretty firm uh, with the city guidelines, be it New York City, uh, Brooklyn area, you, you must have the vaccination, um, especially being in a public setting, which is just for health and safety of everyone uh, playing basketball or who's in that general vicinity. Um, Kyrie seems to be holding his uh, beliefs that he doesn't want to get the vaccine, which is his choice. Um, but until he does, it doesn't seem like he'll be able to play or join the team in uh, small practices anytime soon. So what, what do you make of this situation? All right. If, if he mm-hmm. continues to hold firm and they're paying him however much money they're paying him, yeah. Is he getting fined per game that he misses? Are they? Is he not getting paid? If he is getting paid, then the team would, I would think, maybe want to move him because they're paying all this money for somebody who's not playing. Mm-hmm. So what do you see kind of, or what are you hearing from around the league that the potential future of this situation? Um, I, I'm not hearing much about him moving. Um, it doesn't seem like, uh, with a lot of these players that are refusing to get the vaccination Um, simply by moving to a different place doesn't mean you're going to be uh, welcomed into that locker room. Um, And Kyrie is a great player. So the price tag is very high. Um, And so I think regardless of whether or not he chooses to get it or as of right now, eventually it seems like he will have to get it and face that challenge. Because if he's not on the court, he's not making money, and he's not improving his self-image. Is there any chance that he just, if he's if he feels this strongly about it, like I'm not, did he? I'm not sure if he already got COVID or mm-hmm. if he had it or not. Um, is there any chance if he feels this strongly about it that he might just, I guess, uh, retire? Well, I guess would it, I guess it would be retirement that he would do something like that? There has been that idea of him retiring, but he's still at a very young age, um, is a multi-all-star player, top-tier point guard. It's highly unlikely he retires at this time. Um, I see a time frame of him rejoining the Nets around December, January, um, within that time frame, and then the Nets getting back on – I mean, they're – they showed last night, even without him, they're still a great team. Um, but you add Kyrie back into the fold, you've got arguably the best team in the NBA. Yeah. It'll be almost like a, a new signing when he comes back, assuming he right. comes back. And that'll be really good for them, breath of, breath of fresh air. All right. And we got one last one. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons had some ups and mostly downs this off season, moving into the season, he was holding out and said he didn't want to play for the Sixers again. He has since backtracked on that, but he was suspended for the first game by Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. What is the situation there? What's the future hold for them? To me, it seems like kind of an unfixable situation, but what are you hearing? What are your thoughts? So this has been going on for months, ever since the infamous uh, missed layup. Um, against the Atlanta Hawks in that Game 7 elimination. Um, But I think it's been, I think even before then, it was kind of in the making, like he wasn't quite fitting and gelling with Embiid and some of the other players. He 
it said that he wasn't putting in the effort. Whether that's true or not, it seems like he's not going to be playing for the Sixers ever again. Um, I think having him rejoin the team, even if he does reach that uh, mental ability to rejoin, I'm not sure if the players or Doc Rivers wants him back in that locker room just because of what he's done in the past. Ruins a team to chemistry, and the Sixers showed on opening night when they uh, took out the New Orleans Pelicans, like, they're a quality team. They may not be that force to be reckoned with like they were with Simmons, but um, they're still a great team. And I think it's similar to, it's not the same, but it's along the same lines of the whole Deshaun Watson. Mm. Uh, let's say Miami was to bring, was to trade for him, and somehow he's able to join. Um, he gets cleared. You don't want that type of presence in your locker room. It ruins the whole team, what they stand for, the players, everything. So as good as Ben Simmons is, it seems like the best thing for him and the Sixers is to find a new destination. What are you hearing as far as potential destinations for him? Because the price tag obviously wouldn't be as high as it was (laughs) this time last year, but still high nevertheless. Yes, and so Daryl Morey is a great general manager. He's proven himself um, when he was with Houston, uh, with Philadelphia. It seems like there's no clear suitor at this time, um, and it could take a while. Daryl Morey recently said it could take months. Um, he would like to see Joel, or to see Ben Simmons back in the fold, but this process could take a while. Um, as far as teams that I could see joining the conversation, I would say the most clear ones seem to be the Sacramento Kings. Um, they seemed interested uh, during the postseason of last year. They have a good connection with Maury um, and their general manager, and they have the assets, um, be it uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who they'd probably keep, but they have like guys like um, Buddy Heald, uh, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, they got different pieces. Rashawn, I think they still have Rashawn Holmes. Um, but they have these different assets that they could swing to Philadelphia, put them into contenders, and then um, get a good player in return and form that new uh, kind of front court, back court, uh, kind of big ball handlers with Davion Mitchell, Ben Simmons. Um, I think Marvin Badgley is there. So yeah. yeah. Is the did the King the Kings did they make the playoffs last year? No, they were so they were, were close. Right? The oh, they, they were, were close. They were they were in there for a while, but then they kinda fell to the back. Yeah, because remember they have some promising young pieces. So would um, would like giving up a buddy healed and maybe a Halliburton or somebody like that, would that mm-hmm. make them a playoff contender in your eyes? I think it puts them at the border. I don't I don't think they have the bench depth. Mm. Um, even if you add Simmons, I think currently they have the depth, but they don't have that star go-to player. I think if we're, they were to add Ben Simmons, they'd have someone who can facilitate the ball, run run the point, facilitate, facilitate the ball to those other shooters, um, like be it Halliburton, Heald, Fox, one of those guys. 
Gotcha. Is Bagley his? How has he developed? I remember when he came into the league that he had a lot of upside, and I've not paid super close attention to him um, the last year or so. How is yes? Is that development there? It's there. It's it's taken a little bit of time. I mean, he was one of the top guys in uh, the draft a couple of years ago. Um, and actually, I think Badgley, Badgley's no longer with the team. Um, they're, they're mainly going through Harrison Barnes. Uh, mm. And they do have Rashawn Holmes, and they have, like, Tristan Thompson. Um, but um, Harrison Barnes is really developed. That's who I had gotten mixed with. Uh, but Barnes is really starting to step it up, be that small forward. He's along the same lines of Badgley in that they started out slow. But now they're starting to find their footing. Gotcha. I remember when Harrison Barnes came out of North Carolina, he he looked like a really good, solid option. Right. Uh, and then with Golden State, he was he fit in well with that group, but he was never the the top option given Curry, yeah. and Clay, and Draymond. Um, but yeah, seemed like a good piece, nevertheless. All right, now let's get into some of the. I guess we'll say predictions with a game or two under the belt. So you want to start with the East or the West? Um, I'll start with the East. I feel like uh, they've got the most top tier teams. Sounds um, good. So let's start go with for them. it. So who you got in your, well, cause they've got the play in games for the playoffs now. So we'll go mm-hmm. top 10 ish teams. couple, I'm sure there'll be a couple on the bubble, but who you got? Let's go with, you want to start bottom to top? Sure. So from the bottom going up, um, I find the worst team in the East to be the Magic. Um, I think they've got a lot of promising young talent, um, but be that many, um, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, they're not a big market team, so they don't always, like, you saw what happened to Shaquille O'Neal. He mm-hmm. ditched Orlando for L.A., and that happens with a lot of these guys is even when they do become big stars, maybe in Orlando, they want to go somewhere else that's more appealing. But they do have decent young players like Jalen Suggs, who they drafted out of Gonzaga. Um, they they have Wendell Carter Jr. at center. Markel Fultz started to develop, but he's gotten injured here and there. And they also added uh, Franz Wagner. Uh, brother of Mo Wagner. Um, so it'll be an interesting team, but they did already lose like um, Jonathan Isaac, uh, who was their main power forward. He was out from a torn ACL. So mm. it could be a while. Yeah. Well, lottery bound for them. Maybe somebody good will come out of the draft and they'll yeah. get the next Shaquille O'Neal. Also, mm-hmm. maybe not. All right. Who you got next? Um, it's got to be the Motor City. It's got to be Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. Detroit's got Kate Cunningham. Um, but I was kind of puzzled by some of their offseason moves. Um, they added a lot to their, to their, like the guys in the paint. Um, but it was kind of puzzling because they had a bunch of pieces. Um, like they added Kelly Olynyk and Trey Lyles, but they lost a lot of their big, big guys like DeAndre Jordan, um, Mason Plumlee. Um, 
I mean, they added Luke Garza, who had a great summer league play, but he's a second rounder and he hasn't played in the NBA. Um, but their their front court is starting to shape up. Um, and you got Killian Hayes, you got Kate Cunningham. So they'll be interesting to watch, but I don't see them doing much. Are they in kind of a, we're going to be bad for a couple of years and try and get some good lottery picks and then maybe swing a deal for a big player? Yeah, I, I think it's really going to rely on the development of Killian Hayes. Um, he was a big pick last year. Um, and if he can improve, we already know Cade Cunningham can ball, uh, and he'll prove that uh, in this year. But it's really going to depend on Hayes because he's running the point. Um, so everything goes through him. Gotcha. All right. Who we got next? All right. So keep it going. Um, there's a few teams that kind of fall in this uh, bottom middle tier, um, starting with the Cavaliers. Um, I don't know how many centers they need, but apparently they <laughs> feel like they need uh, five. Um, I remember looking at some of their off-season moves, and they yeah. had Jared Allen, who was great with the Nets, and then they got Taco right. Fall, who is the biggest man ever to ever live. Who else? They yeah. got Mobley. They got Laurie and, Markinen, and then they yep. draft Evan Mobley. So, and Kevin Love as well is still there. He's so not, you got he's not really a center, but Evan Mobley, who's going to be playing power forward, but he played center at USC, um, who they spent a top five pick on. You signed Jared Allen to this massive contract. You bring in Lori Markinen in that whole trade with Chicago. Um, and you got Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Sexton's great. Garland's been so-so. Um, and I really like Isaac Okoro, uh, small forward, but it's really puzzling adding so many decent big guys when you could use a lot more at those guard positions. Yeah. Any, any sort of um, merit to the idea that of Ricky Rubio running pick and rolls for all 48 minutes, and just rotating the big guys in? Um, I don't see much to it. I think there's a limit to Ricky Rubio. Um, given his age, um, it, it, I mean, there's there's some to it, but sooner or later you figure out any type of offense and you're able to adapt. So I, get, I think it gets them so far, and then teams start to realize they kind of are one-dimensional at this time. Yeah. He was great with Phoenix. I think he fit well there, right. kind of what they needed, but I don't think it'll be the same here. No. All right. So moving down uh, or moving up, um, we got the Wizards. I know they started out 2-0. They had a big win last night over uh, Indiana um, in overtime without Bradley Beagle. Uh, they've got promising pieces. Um, like they've got – we haven't seen much of Danny Avdia because he was injured most of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a bunch of trades – given that they got rid of Russell Westbrook. So you bring in Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, Harrell, um, and then they were able to fit in like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's highly underrated. Um, and he showed that last night. Yeah. Um, I got the box score pulled up. Had a hell of a yeah. game. 
Yeah, and they they drafted Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga, who's arguably the best pure shooter of that draft. Um, but I mean, even with Gafford and Hachimura, I still don't feel good that they're able to play that quality defense. They have a gotcha. lot of offensive talent, but their defense is lacking. So uh, on the box score, it says Hachimura is not with the team. What is he hurt? So Hachimura it's a little bit of a sticky situation because he's in, I think he's still in Japan um, due to family and a little bit of COVID issues. It's, I think it's very private, um, but mm-hmm. I think he's in Japan right now. Okay. Gotcha. And then, so for the the Wizards specifically, Wes mm-hmm. Unseld, is he going to be sort of, are they going to end up running this sort of run and gun type deal and with the players that they have and just basically hoping to outscore everybody? Is that what it's looking like? I mean, I think their hope is to somehow squeeze their way in the playoffs again. Um, but I think I'm, I'm a firm believer in that you kind of have to choose a direction at some point. You can't stay in the middle where right. the Wizards have been. And they're either going to have to shit Beal off and get a bunch of trade like uh, draft picks Mm -hmm. Um, be it probably the trade deadline you'd find the most value or you've got to make a move Um, I think you stick with you you stick with Gafford who's got he's had multiple uh, multi-block games so far I think he had like four or five in the first game a uh, few last night. He's a great center. I think he's a good piece. I think Hachimura, when he is on the court, is a great piece. Um, he shows flashes. Um, not sure about Kuzma. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Kuzma's um, the best player in the league. <laughs> he could be the best player thing. in the league. He could be the worst. <laughs> um, and then, um, but they've got a lot of uh, swing guards, uh, small forwards, and like, Kispert, um, they've got Avdia, and then um, they've got a few others, but they kind of have to choose their direction. They can't stay here forever because it's not going to get you anything. No, it's NBA purgatory, for lack yeah. of a better term. So if you're the GM, and the, I, I ask this only because we are in this the D.C. area, mm-hmm. if you're the GM, what what do you do? I would see. I would play it out as it goes, um, see what happens. But let's say a team that's in this belief that they can contend and they have strong interest for Bradley Beal, and you're able to get three plus first rounders or so. I would take a good look at that deal, evaluate it, see if you could increase it, but consider what they're offering if. If it's a team that's got, like, a small window, okay, yeah, the first round pick for the first one to two years might not be great, but then they drop off and that you have a great chance of winning a lottery pick for that third pick, I might take them off on that. I mean, maybe add another player, but consider that deal. Yeah. So is there any has anyone shown concrete interest in Beal as of yet? Um, not lately. Um, I think there's there was a really strong interest after the season. 
um, like the Sixers, I know, wanted him. I, I think the Lakers were highly interested before they made the deal for Westbrook. I think there's a couple teams who would greatly consider adding Beal because mm. he's done nothing but prove he's he can ball. Um, but I think it's kind of died down for the time being. We'll see what happens in these next few months. Players go down, unfortunately. People get sick with COVID. So we'll see. Yeah, all sorts. All right, moving into the top 10. I think the Wizards were 11. All right. Moving, cl- uh, moving close to the top 10. <laughs> moving closer. We've got the Raptors. Uh, Raptors, much like the Wizards, are in this weird state of purgatory. Um, they just gave up uh, their one of their best players in their franchise history in Kyle Lowry, which was sad. Um, but it needed to be done. He's getting older. Um he was entering the final year of his contract or was an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I think it was the final year. Um, but anyways, he, he needed to be traded. They found the heat as the best possible trade partner. They got Goran Dragic and um, Precious Achua mm-hmm. um, from that, which is great, um, especially Precious. I thought they would swing Dragic to like Dallas or somewhere else but they decided to hold on to him. And so Dragic will probably play shooting guard um, or point, depending on Fred VanVleet, where he fits. But I really like their drafting of Scotty Barnes um, from Florida State. He kind of fell off, um, just given that he was a bench player from Florida State. Um, But that's where he thrived. And during this... um, off season, he really lit up the NBA preseason. Gotcha. Is he going to turn into kind of one of these? Obviously, he's a different profile of player from mm-hmm. a Lou Williams or a J.R. Smith, but is he going to turn into one of these just six men of the year every year type candidates? Is that kind of what he's looking like as his um, comparisons? Um, I could, I, I wouldn't say specifically those players, but um, given his. Uh, nature of play and sure, his strengths and weaknesses, profile, but as far as the six man, yes, I could see, easily see him that for the time being, um, given that OG Ananobi is playing small forward and you got Pascal Siakam at power and you got Dragic who's there for the time being, but he could easily slip into maybe you could swing Ananobi to shooting guard, fit him at small forward. You, you can move him around. Yeah. Gotcha. With OG Ananobi and Pascal, Pascal Siakam, you've got a good little uh, front court tandem there. If, mm-hmm. they, if they continue to develop, especially Siakam, he he's shown, at least from what I've seen, shown lots of flashes mm-hmm. of really really top quality. Yeah. All right. All right. Now I think it's somewhere in the top ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlotte. Um, Charlotte's. They're, they're interesting. I'll give them that, um, especially with that ball. Lamelo Ball in his uh, bright lime green suit and automobile he was driving with. Hey, well, we've not heard from his dad in forever, so I think he's just doing his thing now, which is kind of a good thing for the it's, franchise. Yeah, it's working well. I mean, Lamelo first night, balls out, lights it up, helps them. 
But um, even with um, Lamelo, um, Charlotte's still kind of a little bit not quite there. Um, they've got good pieces like Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier. So they've got a good foundation. I mean, you got Gordon Hayward, um, and they just added one of my favorite rookies in James Booknight from UConn. Mm. Um, but they're still pretty young, um, and they need time to really work together and start to gain traction. They ended yeah. the season very well with 33-39 record, but unfortunately didn't make the playoffs, but they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, it was kind of this – obviously, I don't think that they will get to the finals this year, but it was the same mm-hmm. as the Suns from a couple of years ago when they ended the season really strongly. Everybody was kind of like, oh, can they keep can they keep it up? And then they get to the finals. Obviously, adding Chris Paul helps with that. But, yeah, just going down the roster, I see lots of 19, 20, 21, 23, 20-year-olds. Obviously, Gordon Hayward's not really been the same since his uh, mm-hmm. horrible injury. And they also have Kelly Oubre is a always a good piece. I think, to me anyway, he's mm-hmm. underrated from watching him play in Washington and Phoenix, but that's a decent yeah. piece as well. All right. So you got, what, Charlotte at, was it the eight or the nine spot? Somewhere. <laughs> All right. So playoff bubble teams. So we're moving kind All right, of so, from the playoff bubble yeah. into more more solid footing. So bouncing from one ball brother to the other, um, I go from Charlotte to Chicago. Um, Chicago, uh, I've been impressed with um, so far, um, especially Zach Levine, who's arguably been the best player in the NBA so far. I mean, yeah, you got Steph Curry, who's, I think Steph's been the best, um, 2-0 record, 30-plus points night in and night out so far in two games. But Zach Levine has, I think, the fourth best player efficiency rating is up there for points per game and is I think the future of the franchise yeah it seems like he's been around for forever but he's still only 26 right that's nuts and and, um with Lonzo I think he's probably the most improved player of the year um and then they they bring in DeMar DeRozan who's a great veteran presence They've also got Vucevic as well. Yes. It's a good and he team. was fantastic um, with Orlando, but he was he was the only player for Orlando. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic in Orlando, but it was Orlando. That's, that's yeah. the path, yeah, all this time with them. Yeah, just going down the roster, it looks like, of course, Alex Caruso, the second best player in the league behind yeah. Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah. He's I a big mean, piece as well. They look promising. Yeah. And so moving ahead, I've got the Pacers. Um, I know they had an unfortunate loss last night uh, to the Wizards, especially when you're playing the Wizards without Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Um, you think you've got that game in the bag, but not so fast. Um, but the Pacers, uh, they're another interesting team, which seems to be in this weird state of just standstill. They've had this core for a long time with Warren, Sabonis, Turner, uh, Brogdon. And, I mean, recently they added Levert. Um, and they brought in decent players like Torrey Craig, and they drafted Isaiah Jackson. But they lost Doug McDermott, who was a good uh, small forward. But they have a lot of the same guys again. But 
they're still just in this state of mediocrity. Um, but I think if Levert and Brogdon can stay healthy, I mean, with Sabonis playing as he does, they'll they'll be considered in that playoff mix. Is that why you've got them so high because of those three guys and Miles Turner as well? Yeah, my hope is, especially with Rick Carlisle um, coaching, is that um, they can find this sort of, um, I don't know, just find this groove and start gelling as they did a couple years back. Gotcha. Sounds good. Moving into the sort of the top six or sort of Eastern Conference finals contenders. Who's the first one on the list? Uh, the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. Um, They're out of the cellar. To, it's, it's hard to say that, but um, especially because it's been forever. But um, with, with how they've been adding pieces slowly, um, I really like bringing Kemba Walker. Hopefully he can stay healthy. If he does, that's a great asset. But with Julius Randle, he's just evolving into this tremendous guy. Um, he can rebound. He can shoot. He can facilitate and run the offense when it needs to be run. He can turn it from zero to 100 on the dime. It's, it's just incredible to see him evolve from when he started out with the Lakers to what he is now. Yeah, he's another one that feels like he's been around for forever, but he's only 26 as well. Right. And then they've, they've got Mitchell Robinson back, who's a great center. Um, he's not really recognized yet, but he's fantastic. And they bring in these small pieces like Evan Fournier, who can shoot. And in that first night, he was crucial to that win over Boston because he was hitting threes like it was the three-point contest. I mean mm. – he was not missing. Yeah, I'm going to go pull up that box score. What did he have? Let's see. It, it was ridiculous. That game was incredible. It, it it was the best game so far. I mean, Boston should have won. They had multiple opportunities. But yeah. he was fantastic. Evan Fournier, 6 for 13 from 3, 32 points. Right. Yeah, that'll do. And then Randall, obviously, 35, 9, and 8. Another big performance from him. Yeah. All right. I mean, looking good. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, it's ironic because the next team I got is Boston. Like I said, Boston, I think, should have won that game. I mean, they had multiple opportunities, and especially because, um, I don't know, they, I mean, they had uh, Jalen Brown, who was, who was possibly going to miss the game. They had to have him have an inhaler on the sideline because he was just getting out of COVID protocol. Um, but I like their foundation. I mean, Horford's a little old, but they have decent backups, um, like Ennis Cantor, Bruno Fernando, um, Herna Gomez, and then they've got a good bench. That's what I really like is that they have Josh Richardson, who I liked with Philadelphia and with Dallas. They bring in, um, Dennis Schroeder, who's a great point guard, um, he kind of lacks shooting at times, but he's a he's a decent um, facilitator and on-ball defender. Yeah, he's one of those sneaky good players. Mm. So somebody might say, hey, John, so they lost to the Knicks, and then they got blown out the next game. Why do you have them so high? Is there a reason to panic for them, or or is it just 
they had players out missing. What what kind of happened with that one? I think the Knicks just um, they wanted to win more. I mean, I think it was simple as that. They were playing at MSG opening night, so you got that energy, that crowd. But I think when you start to get more along the line, uh, these guys who have a little bit more talent and maybe like Jason Tatum doesn't have the experience as Derrick Rose or Kemba Walker. He isn't as old as them. But Jason Tatum is perhaps going to be this next wave. I mean, he's already a star, but this next wave of superstars like Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. in that he really transcends this greatness of the NBA. Wild. And then the Toronto game, they lost by like 25. It's just a blip. They'll be fine. Yeah. Just a blip, John says. Well, we'll come back. I wouldn't wouldn't fret too much. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Moving into the top five, the top four, top five. Mm -hmm. Who we got? Um, As of now, I mean, originally I had Sixers over the Hawks. Um, Like like we were saying, yeah, yeah, the Hawks beat the Sixers last year. Um, But um, Sixers have kind of lost a few key bench players. Um, so I would say the Sixers are next. Um, given the Ben Simmons saga, um, I don't think that's the big issue. I think it's more, I mean, it's a big issue. He's a great player. He's not playing. But I think it's more along the lines of they lost some of these key bench players, and they just need time because a lot of their their guards are very young. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought in Shaq Harrison. They brought in Grant Riller. Grant Riller was actually, he's a very unknown guard, played for Ohio University in college, but he was great there, and he was playing great in the preseason. Unfortunately, he suffered an injury and is going to be out for a little bit. Um, But a lot of these pieces just need time. I think that's the problem. So the the ceiling is still high for you guys then because Embiid is not really old. And so you've got no. these other young these other young pieces. You guys will be around for a while. And by when I say you guys, for those that don't know, John is a Sixers fan, all things Philadelphia sports fan. But unfortunately, that's good. <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> well, except when the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, that was, yeah, that was more that. more fortunate. Yeah. All right, the Hawks. What they got? Trey Young, obviously, a couple of good John Collins, etc. Yeah. So those are the main two. I mean, those two alone are tremendous especially John Collins who had a phenomenal game last night um but I think unlike the Sixers they have a very established depth chart um and a lot of guys who I mean they didn't have DeAndre Hunter in the playoffs and he's a fantastic defender you've got Bogdan Bogdanovich um you got I think Clint Capella is good don't get me wrong, he was great a couple of years ago, but I think he's – I think there's just been other centers that have, are just better. Um, but they have the depth. They've got Kevin Huerger. They've got different pieces along that bench, like Jalen Johnson, Gordy uh, Duang, DeLon Wright, that are just able to propel them into this next state of their um, evolution. DeAndre Hunter's out of UVA, isn't he? He is. Yes. That's he was a great player for UVA. Yeah, UVA, 
showing out. Love that. And Jay, if you're listening, <laughs> well, your Hawks aren't going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. They're just not. But John says they got promise. So, yes. All right. With that, I think we're moving into the top three. Are we not? Um, yes, we are. I believe so. Yeah. I would assume if I were to guess, I would say you've got Miami, then Milwaukee, then Brooklyn. Um, yes and no. Yes I have Miami at three. All right. Let's do it. Miami at three. So Miami, of course, you have the Kyle Lowry trade. That was a big addition. Um, especially given the talent he has, experience, um, and he can really command um, the court. Um, You put him alongside Duncan Robinson, who can shoot, Jimmy Butler, who can shoot, defend, pass, and then they bring in, like, uh, a champion in P.J. Tucker, who knows what it takes to win, and you got big old Bam Bam to defend the paint. It's a great starting five. Um, I think they've got good bench pieces like Marquise Morris, um, Tyler Hero, who had a fantastic game um, the other night. And so I think they've got great a great team, but I think there's just something missing. Mm. Um, Maybe it's, it's just that feeling you get. <laughs> it's just that feeling like you get it and you're just like there's something missing. Uh, whether it be with that power forward position, like PJ Tucker was great. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes I feel like there's there's just some things he just can't do, or some players he can't contend with. Yeah, um, I know he was great defending um, with Milwaukee, but at times I felt like he wasn't quite able to compete. Yeah, I mean that's that's what happens when you're undersized and a league that depends a lot on height Mm -hmm. what is your opinion on tyler hero's upside because there's some games where he absolutely balls out and then some games like he's not there is it a consistency thing do you think he can become more consistent or you think this is kind of again he's only 21 as we've seen from julius randall who spent like five years of people thinking that he was kind of a dud of a pick turns 26 25 26 and now he's an all-star what's Mm -hmm. your what's your thoughts on him I think Tyler Hero is great. Um, I think it ultimately rests on him whether or not he's able to develop that consistency. Um, like we see with Ben Simmons, if you don't put in the effort, you're not you're not going to be able to improve. Um, he's very talkative. Sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's also um, a problem. So I think if he's able to just take in a little bit of that personality. Sometimes the personality is good. That's what you need. But I think for the time being, if he's able to hone it in and then focus on improving with the consistency, he'll really help the Heat and can make them that legitimate. I mean, I think they're legit, but an even better contender for the championship. Can we win the title this year? Um. I won't say you can't, but... That's all I need. You're saying there's a chance. (laughs) There's always a chance. I mean, I didn't think the Hawks were going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. It happened. Uh, I feel like, though, 
if we're going to do it, this is going to be the year. Is Jimmy Butler's 32 now. Lowry's 35. Yes. Some of the pieces are getting older. We've got this year, maybe next year if we get another piece. But I think that's Yeah, I think it. the window is quickly closing. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Is there any potential of a package from Miami for Bradley Beal? Uh, like a Kyle Lowry, Oladipo, uh, Markeith Morris, and some picks type deal for Beal? It wouldn't be like that. It would be likely maybe I could easily see Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, um, maybe Markeith Morris, and a couple picks. Mm. I feel like if I'm Miami, I don't do that. That's the problem. I think I think it. I think Beal's just that good, and so, and I don't think Washington's going to be offering anything little. No, yeah, I don't think so. I think. If if we do that, that's going to be like, we have to win it this year. And if we don't, then it's like, I would just blow well, the whole thing up. Well, I think if you're able to, I think you've got three years tops. I think yeah. you got three years. All right. Well, that's promising. You know what? I'll take that. Johnny Sports blog says three years. <laughs> so I'll take it. All right. Into the top two, the Eastern Conference Finals prediction. Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I have Milwaukee as the better team right now. But I think in the end, Brooklyn wins it all. All right. Let's go with Milwaukee first then. So Milwaukee's got a lot of the returning pieces. Um, like I said, they lost P.J. Tucker. Um, they lost Bryn Forbes, who was a great shooter. Um, but they bring in good quality pieces for the bench, like Rodney Hood, Grayson Allen, George Hill, the extended Grayson Allen. Um, so I think they've got pieces, um, but I think they're just, they don't have as much talent as Brooklyn has. It's simple as that. Um, I love Giannis. I think Chris Milton is phenomenal, is getting better with each day. I think Drew Holiday is arguably the best defensive point guard if you consider Ben Simmons. Um, Aside from that, I don't know if they're able to get it back together again and win it back-to-back because it's nearly impossible. Yeah, that's for sure. And I also want to say I'm assuming your Brooklyn Cav is under the assumption that Kyrie will be playing with the team. Yes, but even if he's not, I think I still think Brooklyn's got this thing where they're able to. I think. I mean, yeah, Brooklyn lost terribly to Milwaukee in that first game, um, but they were kind of off regardless. Um, but yeah. when you put, like Kevin Durant, even on his off night, is still averaging thirty plus points a game. Um, James Harden hasn't looked all that great. I feel like so far. But I like what their bench is able to provide. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. All right. And then on to Brooklyn. Well, we've mentioned a couple of the names. Um, is there anything more to it, really, than that, than those, than those, than those couple guys? Or give us some of the maybe the more notable guys who aren't those three. So I think what really propels them is these key veteran pieces. Patty Mills is the first one. 
Patty Mills, and you can even add him with Marcus Aldridge. They come from that San Antonio team. Um, and so Patty Mills, he was phenomenal last night. Um, but he's a great shooter, can play both point and shooting guard, and is a great spark off the bench. And then with LaMarcus, he was crucial in those final minutes of last night's game. Um, he was the main reason why they were able to win. Um, he was, I think, perfect from the free throw line. And as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be a great um, center, probably a starting center uh, for them long-term. Um, and if he needs to, he can be off the bench. Are you, worried about, people, are you worried about them breaking down the older guys, not staying healthy? Or do they have enough pieces to kind of limit the minutes and rotate in and out and mm-hmm. keep them fresh? I think a little bit of both. I think they can rotate in and out. But I think even if you lose, like, let's say they lose Lamarcus Aldridge, you have Paul Millsap. Um, you've got uh, Blake Griffin. Like, you've got other pieces that you can swing in there. Um, I know they lost DeAndre Jordan um, and Jeff Green, but they've got plenty of pieces to replace them. And Brooklyn's one of those appealing places where people can come back if they want to. Like, they can easily get a free agent. Yeah. What's wild about them is, like, if you put this team on paper five years ago, that's like an NBA 2K, I want to make my own super team team. Right. Nutty. The names on that roster are insane. All right. Yeah. All right. That wraps up the Eastern Conference. We've got Brooklyn-Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals with Brooklyn heading to the finals. And as John has already told us, he's got them winning it all. And we're going to move on to the West before saying our – end-of-season awards picks like MVP, Coach of the Year, Most Improved, etc. But without further ado, I've said without further ado more times in this episode than I think (laughs) the entire previous 42 episodes combined. (laughs) All right, let's go. Starting at the bottom, Western Conference, here we go. uh, Starting at the bottom, we got uh, the two teams that fought with each other last night. We got, well, at the bottom, OKC, who caught the... Uh, worst end of that game last night is they got humbled by uh, Houston. So with OKC, I was kind of shocked that they took um, Josh Giddy. Uh, I thought there were a couple of their players that were better fits. I mean, I like what they're adding. I don't think Giddy's a bad player at all. Um, they had Giddy, Man, and I think Man was a little bit of a reach as well. Um, but it's going to need a long time. They do have a ton of picks to work with in the future. So n- nothing to be worried about. It's just going to take a while for them. Is Sam Presti still there? Is he still the GM? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, he drafted Westbrook, Durant, and Harden. So if anyone's yeah. going to do it, it's going to be him. Yeah. And they've got Shade Gildress Alexander, who's turning into a great player. All right. Sounds good. Moving up the list to Houston. Uh, going out to Houston, Houston had my favorite draft. Uh, I thought they were the biggest winners. Um, first off, they get Jalen Green um, from the USA uh, team slash G League night. Um, then they had 
Usman Garuba. They had Josh Christopher from Arizona State. Um, these guys are young. They're not quite, they're not developed, but they're going to be great pieces in the years to come. Um, and they've got good pieces already in there. They've got a good veteran in Eric Gordon. Christian Wood is playing fantastic. And Kevin Porter Jr. is starting to get there. Is John John Wall still around, isn't he? Yes, he's still there, but they're still trying to find a destination for him. I feel like with players like him who aren't quite good enough to be number one or number two pieces on a or like no, I think he's good enough to be a number two, but number one pieces on a championship team, but they still demand that max contract. It's really hard for them to get on good winning teams because they don't have that little bit extra the way a Durant or a LeBron or whoever does. So that's kind of it's a little bit unfortunate for him that he's in that situation where he's like a one and a half. He's like option one and a half. Um, but that's what that's kind of how it goes a little bit. In the league, yes. so. Maybe right. maybe Brooklyn. <laughs> maybe, maybe Brooklyn. Oh my gosh, dude! If they get John Wall, I think yeah. surely Adam Silver would say no, just like he did with Chris Paul to the Lakers all those years ago. I'm gonna hmm. have to. Well, well, maybe not. I don't know. All right, moving up the list. Who we got? Um, Minnesota. All right. <laughs> um, Minnesota, another rough year last year. Um, but I think they're going to be a little bit better. Uh, big man Carl Anthony Towns. They got Jaden McDaniels. Um, Anthony Edwards, I think he need, he really needs to improve. Um, it's been two years now. If he doesn't improve, I think it could be the end of the ropes for him very soon. Um, but, I mean, they added Patrick Beverly. It was kind of a puzzling offseason, but I don't see how they could be much worse than 23 <laughs> and 49. Yeah, that's, that's kind of bad. Uh, well... Jeez, oh, they were so promising like four or five years ago, right? And then just kind of tanked. That's yep. really unfortunate. Because you always like to see up and coming teams do well, kind of mix it up at the top. Mm-hmm. But all right, so we got OKC, so, Houston, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Next, it's another one of those rough year teams. Uh, Sacramento. Uh, you know, I spoke about him a little bit earlier, but uh, they added Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. It's a great point guard, but I'm not sure if point guard is really what they needed. That said, if they were, let's say, to trade for Ben Simmons or like a different guard, um, they've got plenty of guards to send back. Um, but they've got Rashawn Holmes, who's been a decent uh, center for them, a little bit undersized. Um, De'Aaron Fox is the best player, um, but they really didn't do much, and I think they're going to get worse before they get better. Well, uh, it's kind of yeah. sad hearing all these teams that are just, like, sitting at the bottom. Right. All right. Moving on. Uh, moving on, we got the Spurs. Um, Spurs had a rough year, and seems like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they were 33 and 39, didn't make the playoffs for the first time in forever. Since what? Since um, like the 90s, right? Something like that? I think so. Um, Amazing. First time under Greg on. Popovich. Yeah. Um, but um, they lost a lot of their older guys, which needed to be done, like Trey Lyles, Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, and Patty Mills. But they bring in a few young guys. Like they drafted Joshua Primo out of Alabama, who is a great shooting guard, um, a little streaky at times. Um, same with Bryn Forbes. Right. Um, but they bring in Doug McDermott, who's a great small forward. Doug McDermott. Zach Collins, who's a good center, but he's had injury problems uh, with Portland, but he's now on the Spurs. Yeah, just just goes to show that everything comes in cycles, the Spurs specifically, yeah. and then the players as well. You know, like there's a like the Spurs didn't have room for the old players anymore because the team was going in a different yeah. direction. But somebody like Brooklyn has a need for them, so there's a need for right. there's always a spot for somebody who's got that level of talent right everybody in the mm-hmm. everyone in the nba is actually just absolutely insane at basketball so always room for those guys who've been at that all-star level lamarcus aldridge etc blake griffin those sorts of guys all right i think that's moving into top 10 yeah uh new orleans pelicans uh they lost two quality point guards in lonzo ball and Eric bledsoe um, as well as big man Stephen Adams, who they traded. Um, but they uh, added a few key pieces, like uh, Devontae Graham. Mm, um, they brought one. in Garrett Temple, uh, Trey Murphy the third from Duke, who they drafted, and uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who they just extended to t- uh, by two years uh, the other day. So they've got good pieces. I, I think arguably one of the most improved players and who will have a breakout year will be Nikhil Alexander-Walker, um, related to Shea Gilders Alexander-Walker. Um, but he he had, uh, I think, like 20-plus points against the Sixers in their opening night loss, um, but was very he was their leading scorer. Um, I know Zion's – there's a little bit of issue with Zion right now. Apparently, he's a little bit over the weight that – they wanted him to be at, um, and he's also dealing with some injury stuff. So timetable on that could be a little bit. And Brandon Ingram as well, still there. Yep, he's still there, still doing great. Good. Yeah, they got – I'm looking down the roster. They got a couple of good – they got some good pieces as well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're another one of these teams where it's kind of like they're right on the bubble of doing yeah. something, but not quite. If a couple bounces go their way, they could squeak in type deal. Yeah, but I still see them on the cusp of looking from the outside in. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right, who's next? Uh, next up, we have Memphis. We got mm. uh, the leading scorer in the NBA right now, or at least points per game goes, um, simply because they've only played one game. Uh, so you got John ja Morant. Uh, this guy's taken – Memphis and put him into contention. Um, they've got good pieces around him. Like um, they've got Dylan Brooks, who's a good shooter, and he was injured last year. Uh, Kyla Anderson, who's not bad. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's great. And they, like I said, they traded away Valanciunas, but they added Stephen Adams, who's a good center. Um, 
but um, it's gonna take some time. I I think they over over exceeded what was expected of them last year, and will be around the same play this year, maybe a little bit worse. Well, that's kind of what happens when you got a player like John Morant who kind of just drags yeah. the team with him, doesn't it? He's he's some player, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, they've got – he's phenomenal, but it gets you only so so far. As we saw with their f- first-round exit against Utah, losing 4-1 to one in the series. It's one of those things where he papers over a lot of cracks, a lot of deficiencies that they have. He kind yeah. of gets them out of tough situations that maybe if they added another piece or two, they could be looking at something something decent. So, uh, yeah. no, we'll see. I'm excited for what he's got. I hope he doesn't turn into – he being Morant doesn't turn into one of these kind of like the John Wall type one and a half, like not really a first option, but not mm-hmm. better than a second option because – No, I think he'll be one of the top five point guards in about one to two years. There you go. Heard it here first. Hot takes. (laughs) All right. Moving into the top eight, the entrenched Uh, playoff teams. So I got the Clippers. Clippers, unfortunately, will be without Kawhi Leonard for this year. Um, I don't know if it extends into the playoffs, but probably will be um, if they were to make it. Um, What's his injury? Yeah, he suffered an injury last year at playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's why they were without him in those final games against Phoenix um, in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Sierra, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but they also lost a few key uh, guards in Rajon Rondo, uh, Patrick Beverly, um, and even though they added like Eric Bledsoe, who's a great point guard, um, it's, it's a lot of talent that they lost simply by injury and free agency. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe is not really in the same mold as the Beverly Rondo kind of yeah. scrapper types either. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they all fit together, but hopefully mm-hmm. I think I just clicked on um, the Clippers and said Kawhi was ahead of schedule in terms of recovery for, from the ACL, but yeah, ACLs probably... are always. Yeah, they they won't they won't they won't risk it. I wouldn't think. No, especially because they just extended him. Yeah, but that'll be his last big extension. I think he's kind of getting up there a little bit. Right. Which is nutty to say because he was like the next. Yeah. He had like a couple of really good years, and he's gonna be kind of hurt, and then mm-hmm. kind of just don't know what's going on. But no, he's he's after he yeah. left San Antonio, he really or those last couple of years in San Antonio, he was. He's a great, great player for sure. Yeah. Hopefully we'll return back to his old former self. self. Yeah, his <laughs> old self, definitely. And then we can hear him laugh during press conferences again. Because mm-hmm. that's really what everybody knows him for. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Dallas. Dallas. Luka Doncic. I told everybody Luka. when he was drafted, people were like, oh, I don't know. Like Stephen A. Smith and all them were like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, no, he's going to be a baller. And here we are. Yeah. Oh, he can ball. Uh, yeah, he's one of the great, greatest players in the NBA right now. But unfortunately, he's on the, <laughs> the losing side of that um, notorious uh, Hawks-Mavericks deal. Um, yeah. Trey Young for Luka Doncic on draft day a few years back. Um, 
as Trey Young has simply gotten further in the playoffs. And I mean, you could argue who's better, but it's probably Luca. Um, I would say he's just yeah. bigger. He's got a little bit more about him. And he can do yeah. more things. But like I was saying, the only being a star gets you only so far, and he's not able to been able to mesh with some of these other pieces like Christoph Porzingis, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Tim Hardaway Jr. They haven't really gelled. Um, they got they had this series against the Clippers in the first round for a little bit, and then like let it get out of hand. Do you see an yeah. Do you see a midseason move for them? taking like a Tim Hardaway or a Finney Smith and kind of trying to get another piece. Um, I could see a move. I don't know if it would be them buying or selling. I think they're in a weird position of determining whether to buy or sell. Um, yeah, it's really tough to say. All right. Well, Hopefully they do well. Luke's my boy. Mm-hmm. He was juggling, soccer juggling during the warm-ups, and that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Who you got next? Golden State. 2-0. Golden State. Um, even without Klay Thompson, uh, they have the best player in the NBA right now, Steph Curry. Um, I mean, <laughs> he was laughing it up the other night. He was uh, barking. I forgot with who, but he was – he was challenged to shoot it from the uh, logo like 30 seconds later. It's a three pointer from the logo. Why would um, you, why would you do that to Steph Curry? That's just like asking for it. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he's, I think he's the best shooter in, in NBA history. Um, people can argue otherwise, but this guy, I mean, it was reported today that his trainer actually, records they have this thing that his shots don't count if they're not swishes and there's a way to uh, that they're able to measure the where the ball goes in comparison to the rim and that's how that's how he measures his shots not by oh yeah i make it it's by if it swishes that's how good he is what a what a guy i'm just happy if it goes in honestly against yeah. the rim I mean, if only he could convert that to his uh, holy moly game. Um, but, <laughs> but as far as the Warriors go, they, they were 39-33, and 33, which is a good record, but they weren't able to make the playoffs because of that uh, play-in tournament. A um, little bit of controversy there, um, I think. But um, they've got a, I think Jordan Poole, um, he's filling in for Clay Thompson. He's going to evolve into a great, uh, starting guy um, for the time being. Um, it'll be interesting um, what happens with the whole uh, center position. They've got Kevon Looney right now, but Wiseman's there. Wiseman hasn't really performed up to his potential yet or what they want him to be. But um, regardless, they've got good depth. They got Otto Porter Jr., Iguodala's back. Uh, Amanda Bajelka, Bajelika, however you pronounce it. Apologies. Um, and then they added Jonathan Kaminga in the draft. Mm. Otto Porter Jr. is almost a like for like from Her- for Harrison Barnes all those years ago. Yeah. Very similar players. Is Thompson ex- expected to be back this year or is he out the whole year? Again? No, he'll be back. 
He'll be back. Um, they're estimating around Christmas. Nice. When he comes back, they'll be. They'll be. Yeah. They'll be good. Yeah. Hopefully, he can play out the whole year. I'm. I'm hoping he can. It's been what two years since we've seen him play. Yeah, because you know, fortunately, back-to-back season endings. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. I loved watching him. He's a great player. Yeah. All right, moving into the top sort of four or five type area. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got, let's see, who's left? We have Phoenix. Denver. Phoenix left, Denver's left, Utah, mm-hmm. and the Lakers, obviously. Yeah. And is that it? Are we into the top four? I think so. We're into the top four. Let's go. I've got number four, Denver. Um, Denver's got a, a great starting five with Monte Morris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr. He's got that huge deal. Uh, you got Aaron Gordon, who they got from Orlando last year. And That's a good The pickup. Joker, uh, the reigning MVP, uh, although some argue that it's Joel Embiid. Um, nonetheless, <laughs> he's the MVP. Um, and they added uh, Jeff Green, who's a good small forward slash power forward. Um, they added him from Brooklyn through free agency, but they lost, like, Shaq Harrison at the point. They lost JaVale McGee. They lost Paul Millsap. And they were fantastic record-wise in the regular season. But then when it came to playoff time, you saw the Joker lose his cool. <laughs> um, got ejected, and they got swept 4 nothing in that series, the Phoenix. Yeah. If they rematched, would you expect – I would expect it to be much closer. Yeah. I'd see a much closer series, but I'd still see the Suns winning. All right. You got the Suns next? Um, I think I have – Yeah. Uh, no, I have Utah. All right, Utah. So uh, Utah is one of my favorite teams um, on the Western side to watch. Um, I like Gobert. He's a great defensive center. Um he reminds me of like the traditional old centers um, mm-hmm. of the NBA in that they're very stick inside the paint, defend it, um, not big on shooting all the 20 time. 20 and a half rebounds a game so far. Yeah. Um, but they've got Conley back. They've got Donovan Mitchell. I think Mitchell's going to have a fantastic year. Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal. O'Neal's underrated, but he can shoot. Um, and then they added Rudy Gay who's old, yes, but he's a good uh, backup and bench player. And then Hassan Whiteside for that center position. A couple of years ago, Hassan Whiteside was the next big the next big thing for the center <laughs> position. And then that uh, Miami shipped him off, and then he went downhill from there. Yeah. He still's got some, he still has got something to give, though. He'll be useful for them. Oh, he'll, somehow he'll, he'll reemerge. I, I think he'll reemerge. He'll be a good bench presence. All right. Moving on to our Western Conference finalists, Phoenix and the Lakers. So even though I have the Phoenix Phoenix Suns and the Lakers as the top two teams, I actually have Utah as winning the Western Conference. Um, like I was saying, I think they just have that uh, depth and they have a little, a little bit of everything. But uh, nonetheless, the best two teams right now, I would say, um, I would say Phoenix is the best. But um, 
at the beginning of the season, I had Los Angeles. So I'll go with Phoenix first. Okay. Um, so Phoenix, you got Chris Paul. You, I mean, had Chris Paul been healthy in those West or in the NBA Finals, they could have possibly have won. But Milwaukee was simply better. Um, but they added a lot of good bench pieces. They lost Torrey Craig, who was a who's a good small forward. But they added guys like JaVel McGee, um, Alfred Payton, Chison Randall, and then they traded their first round pick to Brooklyn and took and got Landry Shamit, who's one of the is a very good young three point shooter. Yeah, that's a good um, pickup. Yeah. And then they everyone from that starting five is back. So there you go. I think I think they'll be better as far as the regular season record goes. Like I think they'll be better than fifty one and twenty one, which is hard to say. But they won't go as far as they will in the playoffs because I think Chris Paul's age is really gonna and even Jay Crowder, you could argue, will limit them. Hmm. We'll see. I would I really, really hope they win it this year so Chris Paul gets his ring. But I, I really hope so too. All um, right. Unless it's the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know the Sixers. That seems unlikely. The finals, won't they? <laughs> um, and then lastly, we got the Lakers. Um, Lakers, they bring in Russ. Uh, they trade away King's Ransom and um, Caldwell Pope. I mean, not even trade. Well, right? They just get rid of the they lose Schroeder, Caldwell Pope, Caruso, none. Uh, Kuz, or I'm sorry, they added none. Um, they get rid of Kuzma, Harrell, Markeith Morris, Andre Drummond, Marcus Hall. The list goes on. Um, but they added big pieces. They added Carmelo. They added DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, who's out due to injury. Kendrick Dunn, also out due to injury. Um, but they bring in Rondo. Westbrook, they have a lot of versatility to them. Um, it's just a matter of getting it all to work together. That's going to be the key thing to the success. Yeah, but you think they won't make? You think they'll fall short? You have a Utah and Brooklyn finals with Brooklyn winning it all. Mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, I think I think Utah somehow. I think it's a lot like Phoenix. You don't think they're going to do anything, and then it's like, whoa, where'd they come from? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's one of those, like, low-market teams. Like, you think NBA, you think of these big cities like L.A., Brooklyn, <laughs> New York, and then you hear Utah, and you're like, what? Um, but I think the Lakers, I think they make the finals, the Western Conference finals, uh, but they lose to Utah. Yeah. All right, you heard it here first. A Brooklyn Nets NBA champion from Johnny Sports Blog. Heard it here first. All right, real quick, we'll do rapid mm-hmm. fire for the end of season awards, and then we'll call it a day. All, All right. right, we got, let's see, there's six, right? MVP, most improved, yes. six man, defensive, coach, and rookie, right? Yeah. All I mean, right, you can always go executive, but. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody, nobody cares about executives, John. Let's be honest. Executive always goes to the NBA champ. 
<laughs> Usually. It does. It does, really. All right, let's go. MVP, who you got? MVP, it's uh, easy for me. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is um, he's the leader and really the heart and soul of the Brooklyn Nets right now. Um, if you need that last-minute go-to shot or last-second go-to shot, um, you go to Kevin Durant. This guy has won multiple MVPs. This guy's been to the All-Star game basically almost every year. Um, and Team USA, he was phenomenal. This guy is a leader. He can shoot. He can defend. Like he, he was making multiple blocks last night in the most important moments. He's the guy to rely on, and he's the one who comes through at the, in the moment of need. Yeah, sounds like it. All right, most improved. Most improved. I've got Lonzo Ball, um, Chicago Bulls. Um, I think Lonzo takes a big step. I think now that he's got a lot of decent shooters around him, like Zach Levine, um, and like Nikola Yoka or Nikola Vucevic, uh, and other shooters. Um, you could even include Caruso. Um, but he's got a lot of people to pass to. He doesn't have that burden of feeling like he's the main guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, sixth man. I like Jordan Clarkson. Um, Clarkson of the Jazz. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he usually gets on the cusp of almost averaging a triple-double each game um, or what it feels like. And he just comes off the bench for Utah and provides a spark that just really energizes the team and really helps them win. Yeah. So I think he's crucial to their Especially success. Especially if they end up in the, in the NBA finals, he'll be, he'll definitely be a contender yeah. for it. Uh, defensive player of the year, who you got? Uh, I've got yet again, Rudy Gobert. Um, this guy can rebound, he can block and he's got no Ben Simmons to compete with as of this moment. So it's a runaway. All right. Uh, rookie. Uh, rookie of the year. I got Jalen green of the Houston Rockets. Uh, I think um, despite not playing any college ball, um, he's a starter on the Rockets, and he's going to be a big piece uh, to their success going forward, not this year necessarily. But uh, he's got a lot of potential, and I think he's going to be an all-star in about two years. All right, Jalen Green. And then last but not least, Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year, I think it's Nate McMillan of the Hawks. Um, this guy, we really saw it last year. Um, in big moments, he he got the Hawks to come together. Um, these these were young guys who had absolutely no playoff experience, like John Collins, Trey Young, and he was able to get the most out of them. And that really speaks volumes to how you can coach a team. And I think it's only the beginning for the Hawks. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Um, but I think he'll be the coach of the year. All right. Sounds good. Love it. With that, we'll wrap up this special edition of the World XP Podcast NBA preview for the 2021-22 season. It's nuts that we're almost in November of 2021 already. But here we are. John, love it. Check out Johnny Sports Blog. Link will be in the description. Uh, If you enjoyed, like, comment, and subscribe. Get your merch. DM us. Any last words, John? 
No, subscribe to World XP Podcasts, World XP Soccer. And yeah. Love it. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sports. We'll end with it. We'll end with that. See you guys later. All right. Thank you. <laughs>